Hello again. Hey. Welcome, everybody. We're back. 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 Again. Yep. Yep. Okay, sorry. Okay. Welcome to the, what does what does the Bible say about that? Yep. Uh, your host, Reese and Will. I'm Reese. And I am Will. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's a silly enough intro. Maybe we can just get into it. Yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. So yeah. what's the... Okay, so what did you say? Did you say the topic? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Hey, I chose the topic yep. this time. Yep. This is exciting. Do it. Intro it. To me. Intro it. Okay. Intro. I'm going to give an anecdote. Okay. I'm walking home from work, get onto the bus, and I start a podcast. Are you about to start laughing? No, I'm good. Okay. Keep going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip to the chase. I started listening to this podcast... Um, and the title of it was when is something about when is it okay to leave a church and it was interesting to, you know interesting title it caught my attention so i listened to it and it really got me thinking we should do a podcast on the church mm. um specifically local churches because that was really what was in view there yeah um because I don't know. To me, the situation in Christianity with the various churches, uh, I put that in quotes, um, churches, um, is it's very confusing. And we as Christians who love the Lord, who love his word, need to do our best to be faithful to it, to what is prescribed in the scriptures. And so... I think defining local churches, what is a local church, according to the Bible, would be really helpful for a lot of people in these questions about when should I leave a church, or what church should I join, or what does that even mean, what does it mean to go to church, these kinds of questions. Yeah, that's Um, good. Even our vocabulary, it's, I mean, it's just so befuddled with... Befuddled. I'm pretty sure that's a word. That sounds like it. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, let's get into it. Let's just yeah. get into it. Okay. Okay, so what does the Bible say about local churches? Okay. Okay. Well, maybe, are we, are we going to start first with the... So, okay, there's a verse in Matthew 16, 18. Yeah, okay, let's start with that. Okay. Yeah. So this is the first time the Bible ever mentions the word church. So in Greek, yeah. Reese is our Greek Actually, scholar. fun fact. Oh, okay, sorry. Ecclesia is mentioned in Deuteronomy in the, in the Septuagint, oh. the Greek translation. But it doesn't mean According church. to... Oh. So, it's, I mean, it's about a gathering. Well, why don't you explain what ecclesia is to our listeners, you Greek scholar? I am not a Greek scholar. I know seven words in Greek really well. You want to say them? No. Okay. Don't make me say them. Okay. Um, yeah, so the, Greek, the word in Greek for church is ecclesia. Ecclesia. I don't know how to pronounce it properly. That sounds fine. Um... And it's composed of two words, ek, that's my computer, ek, and, wait, no, yeah, ek, and then klesia, right? I don't know. So klesia is the gathering, and ek is like the out, or called out. Okay. So ekklesia is a term that refers to the gathering of the called out ones. Okay. Gathering of the people. I think I've heard it as also like the assembling of... Whatever the believers. Yeah, that's. I mean, same concept. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Okay, so here's the verse where it's used in the New Testament. The first time. The yeah. first time. Yeah. Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. So, you may know this section. Basically, Peter gets this revelation from God of who Christ is, and mm-hmm. then Christ goes on to say, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. Mm-hmm. So, this is a universal church. It expands throughout time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same church that Paul was a part of. Right. Same church that, who else? Martin Luther was a part of. Right. That if you are a believer, you are a part of. Yeah. That I'm a part of. Right. Yeah. So the first time church is mentioned, it's in its universal aspect. Jesus saying, I will build my church. I mean, it doesn't say I will build my churches. It says I will build my church. My church. There's one church, mm-hmm. the church of God, which, you know, there's a lot we can talk about with that. I mean, it's a spiritual entity, right? Right. Actually, our first five podcast episodes, I think we did five, were on God's eternal purpose. Yeah. And they're actually kind of, you can all, you can sum up all five in saying it's the church. Mm-hmm. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the house of God. The church is the kingdom of God. The church is the building of God, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the church is is this universal entity that's, like you said, spans space and time. Mm-hmm. All believers are part of. Right. Right. But that's not what we're talking about. Right. Though we sort of are. Okay. This well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, how about this? It's okay. like talking about the finger but you're also talking about the body. Not so great. It's okay. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. We're going to localize. Yeah. The. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. The next. Yeah. Verse. We're localizing. Yeah. The second time church is mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the second time church is mentioned is Matthew eighteen seventeen. Actually, fun. Another fun fact. Okay. Thank you. You know, Jesus only says the word church twice. In the first four Gospels. He also says it in Revelation, but only twice in the two Gospels. And it's only Matthew. And it's only Matthew. Mm. And they're th- you know, two chapters apart. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe I should let a little context here. Well, just re- if you don't know the context, read Matthew 18 and you'll get it. Basically, this is where someone sins. Um, you go to him one-on-one. If he doesn't listen, then you take two or three with you. Right. And at that point, if he doesn't listen, then this is what the verse says. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Mm -hmm. So the reason that we chose this verse also, I mean, other than the fact that it's the second time it's mentioned, is that this is something that is more, uh, like we were saying earlier, it's localized. This is something that's practical. It's like, if that's the case, how can I... It's not, it's not a universal term because it has to be practical. You have to be able to take someone to it. Right. Take it to the church. I mean, yeah. it's like... There's it's, a place. There's a... Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it would have to be something more than just my friend's house. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not mm-hmm. just another... Anyways, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying, it's not just like another believer or... Um, hmm. Well, yeah, so I guess that's interesting. I mean, first we have to distinguish the local church from the universal. Okay. In that, you know, the fact that you can tell it to the church means that it's practical. Right. And it is findable. Mm -hmm. It is something on earth that you can go talk to. Yeah. 
Um, but then what you're saying too, like about it's not just a friend, um, that's interesting. That's also seen here, right? Um, it's not just any couple of believers too. Mm-hmm. Actually, you see, that's why I love this, this verse in Matthew 18. It shows that it's not just a spiritual entity that's in the heavens, but it's also not just where two or three are gathered in my name. Yeah. Because that's the other concept. People take the word ecclesia and they take that to its full extent, which is, okay, wherever believers are gathered, that is the church. And in a sense, we can say that's true, but according to these verses, it's different. Yeah. These verses, it says, you know, go to him one-on-one. If not, he doesn't listen, go to him with two or three, right? Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't listen to that then take it to the church. Right. So apparently that second one wasn't taking it to the church. There's a there's a greater aspect. Right. There's a grander mm-hmm. so the church is not just two or three and it's not you know and it's not only spiritual and universal. Right. There's a local aspect that has defined boundaries that is a certain size, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of confusing. But I think as we go on it'll make more sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's the first and second instance of the word church in the Bible. Um, so now I think the best place to go would be Acts. Okay. Well, actually, that's the next place the church yeah. is mentioned. Um, yeah, and this one's this one is more um, even specific than the last one. Okay. Where it's practical. Yeah. So this one says, so, which where are we? Oh, okay. Uh, this is Acts eight one. Okay. So, and Saul approved of his execution. This, that's talking about Stephen. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So there was a persecution against what? This wasn't just the universal... Actually, at the time, Jerusalem was the only place that Christians were. Right. And so that means that... I mean, that is the first, basically, local church. Right. And so... and, And this also goes to our point, like, earlier. It's like... The church isn't just some universal thing. It's like Saul was persecuting the church in Jerusalem. Right, right. So yeah, there was a, there was a, if there's a practical thing you can take someone, there's also a practical thing you can persecute. Yep, that's right. It's practical. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a good verse. Like you said, it's the first church. You know, he, the Lord says you'll preach right in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Um, so it started in Jerusalem, and actually this persecution that arose against the church, it, it allowed or it forced the saints of God to scatter, and basically it led to the Great Commission being fulfilled to some extent. Um, but later on, um, there starts to be, be many churches. Mm-hmm. It's no longer just the church, um, but it's now brought into a plural form. So there's an example of this. Um, there's many, but let's go to Romans 16. Verse 4. Um, yeah, that's right. 16.4 says, it's talking about Prisca and Aquila. Um, Paul says, They risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. So here we have many churches. Um, yeah. Many churches. The, the churches become plural. So I guess the question is, when is the church... When did the church become churches? How did that happen? Why isn't it just the church and the whole earth? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. What what ground did the Bible give people, or what the Lord's yeah, commission? Good. Yeah, 
Yeah, to make good. multiple churches. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, you look in the Bible, they're not separating. Actually, Paul gets on to him in 1 Corinthians 3. I know we've talked about this before. Hmm. But they try to start dividing based on doctrine, based on who they were following. Paul, were they following Peter or Paul or Paulos? Yeah. And, or, or, I mean, or even Christ. It's like Paul corrected them. So the church had no ground to divide or to be established based on certain peoples or certain doctrines. Right. Certain yeah, teachings. it wasn't like, you know, the church in Jerusalem, one group was like, well, I think we should be sprinkling to baptize. Right. And so they formed two churches in Jerusalem. Yeah. You don't find that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the churches, they were beginning to have some division um, in Corinth. It was just the church in Corinth. Right. Um, but they never said, we are a different church. They never even took that step. Mm-hmm. But they're beginning to divide, and Paul condemns them. Right. Right. And yeah, so, so that's not ground to divide. Mm-hmm. That's not ground for multiple churches to be formed. So what is... So what is? That's what a deep is? question. What yeah. is? Well, I think the most obvious statement would be basically the, I mean, most of the books of the New Testament. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, because like we're saying, well, explain okay. that. What do you mean? Yeah, well, okay. What I, what I mean by that is each church, like the, Corinth, for example, this is how it starts off. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, um, and our brother, so, so, I don't even know how to say that word, his name. Sosthenes? Sosthenes. Okay, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's just the first example, but he's, he's, he's writing his book. He, it's titled, These is to the saints, to the Christians, to the called out ones that are living in Corinth. The church of God in Corinth. Yeah, the church of God in Corinth. Right. So the same thing is applied for Rome. Right. This is the yeah. church in Rome. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, Galatians was a little different, right? Because Galatians was a region. It's not a... Galatia was a region composed of many cities. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. Most so, people yeah. who have a study Bible have a map in the back. Mm-hmm. You can look. I mean, I've got one right here. And it talks... I mean, you can look at Galatia and it's like... This is a big place. It's not like a little Jerusalem. It's a, I mean, it's a full out, it's a full out place. So, anyways, the, uh, like you're saying, the the ch- the church became churches when the gospel spread to different cities, mm-hmm. and they no longer. And when they went to a different city, it's interesting actually. They didn't say, okay, now we are. Um, oh gosh, I, I'm trying to. I, I want to say this without making fun of someone. Yeah, we are, you know, uh, Top Stone Church of Antioch, you know. Sure, yeah. They just said, we are the church in Antioch. Yeah. Or we are the church in Rome. And they didn't even, you know, there was never a statement, we are the church in Rome. It's like, once Paul or Peter, whatever, went to another city and preached the gospel, there was a church that was established in that city exactly. by virtue of there being called out ones now in that city. So biblically speaking, the church never was anything other than a description of the universal church in a particular locality. Right. Right. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, it's like, 
Okay, well, I think we should keep going. We need to keep going with, yeah. like, description of the church. Um, okay, how about, how about Revelation? Yeah, let's do Revelation. Okay. That's another good example. Yeah. So in, in Revelation chapter 1, this is where Jesus is talking to John, and he, he's got a message to the seven churches. Right. And let's see. I think it starts in verse, like, 10 or 11? Yeah. It says 11. Okay. Revelation 1, 11. So in saying, this is the Lord, or then actually the angel talking to John. It says, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. Okay, and then he lists cities. To Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Right. So that just makes it clear. It's, it's right to seven churches. Those seven churches are the location of yeah. cities. It's a He boundary. doesn't start listing... Church names, he lists cities. Mm-hmm. Cities are replaceable for churches right. in the Bible. It's fascinating. There's another, uh, there's two verses that I like to connect with regards to this matter. Uh, it's Acts 14.23. Pretty sure I have the right verse. Um, so Acts 14.23, it says, uh, And when they appointed elders for them in every city, and had prayed with fastings that continued, committed them to the Lord into whom they had believed. So in this verse, it says they committed, they appointed elders in every church. Yeah. So elders, the eldership is kind of the church government. They're those who take care of a lot of the practical matters of the church. They handle the finances. You know, we're not going to get into the eldership and what it all means. I'm, I'm not even so clear myself, but... Anyways, we know that above a church or in a church, there were some appointed as elders who were responsible for the church. But here, it's there's elders appointed in every church. Right, right. And then in Titus 1.5, do you have it? No, we have Acts. Okay, Titus, um, another fun fact. Yeah. You know the T books are in alphabetical order? <laughs> I do now. You do now. Titus 1.5 is a sister verse to Acts 14.23. And it says, For this cause I left you, he's talking to Titus in Crete, that you might set in order the things which I have begun that remain and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. In every city. In every city. Yeah. Appoint elders in every church in Acts 14. Mm-hmm. Appoint elders in every city in Titus 1.5. Yeah. So even in this matter of church government, um, in the eldership, it was... One church in one city with one eldership. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was just going to add, uh, there's, there's another verse also in Acts 11. And it, I know we don't want to talk about this, but it briefly just talks about the function of elders. Okay, okay. And so the, there was going to be a famine. This is at the end of Acts 11. It's going to be a famine um, in Jerusalem. And then so the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. Mm. And they did so sending it to the elders right. by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So they weren't just sending it friv- friv- frivolously. Right. They were sending it specifically to the elders because their function in a local church is to oversee mm-hmm. and then to distribute the need right. as it was. Yeah. So anyways, I, I just wanted to... To point that out, like they do, they're overseers, mm-hmm. um, and also a good thing to point out would be, it's also plural, elders, elders. plural elders, yeah, yeah it's right. plural. Yeah, I think one other thing we should mention, um, you know, we can't get into the nitty gritty of all the functions and all in the church, but um, 
I think one other thing I just want to touch on is is this question of still of like when when is it okay to have a new church? Yes. Um, because I think a lot of, this is at least, this was my thought. I know when I first kind of heard something about this is, okay, because I'm, I'm always thinking practically. You know, this, right. is, this is cool. It's like, oh, wow. So the, the saints in, early, in the early church in Acts, they were, they were one. And they were just one in their, their locality, in their city. Right. But what do I do? Right. You know? Um, and especially, it's like, there's, I'm from Dallas. There are... There's got to be a million Christians in Dallas, yeah, yeah. you know. How are right. we going to all, where are we going to meet? I don't know. I don't think there's you a, have to maybe Jerry World, yeah, I mean, ATT to, Stadium. Yeah, you yeah. have to double up with American Airlines. And... Yeah. So um, one thing that is, it's cool to note is actually the first church established in a locality, like practically, was the church in Jerusalem. Uh, do you know how many, like, members they had after... Couple weeks. Yeah, it was it was like four thousand, wasn't it? Well, I think the first time it was like five thousand. Okay, and then the second time it was like three, or maybe it's three then five. Anyways, there were at least eight thousand within a, a few weeks. Yeah, that's a lot in Jerusalem. It's like, did they all meet? Yeah. Did, where do you think they met? Colosseum. The Colosseum could hold them, I bet. But the they point, met in homes. They met in homes. Yeah, that's right. And so even size isn't ground to split according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because the way they met was not the same as how we met. They would meet in homes. They'd meet in small groups. Right. Still under one eldership, under and they're still one in their locality, but their practical meetings and fellowship and breaking of bread was done in a, in a home. It, there weren't many different churches in Jerusalem. There's one church in Jerusalem, and all the saints were just meeting in homes. And it actually says that they would occasionally gather together as one. Mm-hmm. They like a lot of them would come into a synagogue, where like in 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 the book of First uh, Corinthians, Paul says, you know, if the whole church gathers together in one place, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking about it, but it was an if, not when right. or or like every Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, it's just so interesting to me. Like they didn't divide because they had bickerings of doctrine. At least they weren't allowed to. Right. Yeah, eventually they did. They didn't divide based on music preference. Yeah. You know? They didn't divide based on how cool is your pastor or what does he emphasize. Right. Um, even if there was sin in their church, they didn't divide. Wow, that's right. The book of Corinth, like, it's, it's full a, of it. Full of it. Yeah. One guy's sleeping with a stepmom. Yeah. People are suing each other in the church. Coming drunk to the Lord's table, mm-hmm. you know. So I think some of them even have fellowship with demons. But in God's eyes, there is a one church in Corinth, right? And I mean, this is just—it's just baffling me because in America, especially, I mean, in many places it's like this. But we have this consumeristic, you know, attitude towards church. What's best for me? What's what am I going to get out of something? Yeah. But for them, it's like. That wasn't an option. There's a church in a city. Yeah. Like it or not. You want to you want to go to a different church, you better move. Cuz that's the church in that city. Right. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 that's like talking about ground of changing churches. It's like if Paul was in Corinth, mm-hmm. he was a part of the church in Corinth. That's right. And when he left and would go to Ephesus, yeah. 
he was part of the church in Ephesus. Right. That's just the fact of the matter of what the Bible lays out for us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's no, you know, like we've kind of talking about, we're not getting into the nitty gritty of like, okay, well, how should a church be, how should a church meet? Or like, what should they do on a Sunday? On a Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about, especially when it comes to, to meeting, it's like, or I mean, when it comes to changing, it seems like the only real time that you were you got the ground to change mm-hmm. is when you're moving, right? You're relocating, right? And and this isn't like that's the thing too. I like how you point out the, they met in a totally different way. Like their concepts are totally different than ours. It's like we think, well, me when I go to church, which that's not you can't say that based on the biblical definition of church. You don't go there. Yeah, you you don't go there. You just are. Right. It. Yeah. The church meets. You yeah. don't go to the church. Right. The church meets. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when when there's like a meeting of the, of the church or... Yeah. It, it, this isn't like, well, everyone in Rome, we all have to get together. That's not... Because it's not... The unity is not coming together even. Hmm. As in like everyone getting together or everyone hearing the exact same message at the exact same time or singing the exact same song at the exact same time. The oneness is Christ, hmm. and He's the testimony. Hmm. And so if you're in Corinth, and... I mean, at the time, it was like they're neighbors. They're going... Ho- that's Acts. This is the, paint, the picture painted in Acts 2. They went house to house, breaking bread with one another. Right. They lived a daily church life. Yeah. And you don't do that on your typical Sunday mornings. And so yeah. they didn't, right. it, it's not like, oh, well, I don't like the way that Joe cooks. I mean, like, that would be... That, that might be something, you know, that would have come up more so than, like, I don't like the preaching. It's like... I don't like the way Joe cooks his soup or whatever, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to go over. It's like, and you don't see that. Yeah. But my point is, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're yeah. living a life together. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't, you, how can you leave that? Right. Yeah. It's really, I, I understand it's got to be really hard for a lot of people listening to this. Maybe not because, you know, we probably are friends with a lot of people listening to this. But I can imagine a lot of Christians who would hear this just they're so think i mean they're they're thinking about their own situation yeah how did, what are you talking about but what we're talking about is what does the bible say about local churches mm-hmm. and when you get to what the bible says about local churches you realize there's something wrong in the system of christendom today there's something that this biblical definition and this biblical portrait doesn't correspond with and really, that's something we should all be taking to the Lord and considering and, and fellowshipping with each other and, and coming to the word about, like, I want to be faithful to this book that I believe is from God. I want to meet according to it. I want to be according to it. I don't want to be in, in, in you know, a place where maybe God isn't, you know, God's purpose isn't being fulfilled or maybe where, uh, maybe that's not the best way to put it, but we're not according to the scriptures, mm-hmm. you know. So it's really important that all of us come before the Lord with a pure heart and say, Lord, where do you want me to be according to your word? So, because I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I'm just struggling with this, honestly, right now as I'm talking. It's like, because that question, where do you want me to be? I think a lot of Christians actually ask that. Right. And they, they're, they're looking for God's voice, but they end up following their preference. 
And it's where do I go where I can hear the music that stirs me up the most? Or where do I go where I hear a message that gets me fired up or Mm -hmm. that's so full of the biblical exegesis that I'm just like so excited about how great they are at, you know, explaining the verses with the Greek. And it's like, none of this is is the biblical ground for how you should meet or where you should meet. Lord, where do you want me to be? Regardless Mm -hmm. of how I feel about it, like where do you want me to be? Where, where are people meeting according to the scriptures? Yeah. I think we all as believers need to figure this out together. Like Mm -hmm. how does God want us to meet? And we should be faithful to that regardless of how hard it's going to be. Right. If God says, be, you know, one, drop your concepts, drop your names, drop everything that causes divisions that puts up walls and be the church. Right. We, we should forget about how impractical that is and do it. Right. Start meeting that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. it, we're not idealists. Mm. Like this, we're not just coming up with some great idea that's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if it was this way? <laughs> right. It's like, this is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. This is what they did. And, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe in a later podcast we could get into maybe the importance of it, but there, right. there's just a... The Lord ordained this. Yeah. The Lord ordained the church this way. Right. And I don't know. You're right. I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here too, and I'm just thinking, it, it, it must be, it's really hard to relate to this. Mm-hmm. Because just in today's world, there we don't have this. Yeah. We're divided. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up, it, it was like, I wanted to worship the Lord pray with my friends. Yeah. But I couldn't. All of our all of our um, guardians and parents were going different places and we couldn't go to the other places they were at. Mm. Yeah. So they might have been Methodist or Baptist. I mean whatever it's like Yeah. That's not the picture that's painted in the Bible. Right. Right. I I've just I've recently read this uh, biography of Martin Luther mm-hmm. by Eric Metaxas. It's really good. Um, highly recommend it. And I'm just so impressed with his spirit of faithfulness to God and to what he saw in the word against literally everything that was on the earth at that time. It's like he saw something from the Lord in the word about our justification by faith and the the uh, just the corruptness mm-hmm. of the, you know, what, what would you call it? The... Um, what do you call it? With Religious? The, no, but specifically like the indulgence system oh, okay. and among other things and how God saves yeah. by faith. It's not by these works. And he just saw that and he stood his ground. And he, he said, you know, unless you can convince me by, you know, clear reason and scripture, I stand here, right. you know, so help me God. Right. Like, you know, you might say, well, that's just not practical today and we're just not going to do it. And it's like that, I mean... I'm sure most people listening to this are would say they're Protestant or of that line. It's like that is not the spirit of Martin Luther who mm-hmm. started this. It's like no, we we stand for the word regardless of how impractical it might seem according to the outward situation. We stand according to the word and believe that God is going to raise something up. Mm-hmm. That God is going to establish this. So uh, I'm encouraged. I'm full of faith. Like the Lord 
is going to and is doing this. Right. He, there are many people who have seen this. There are many people who have begun meeting like this. And, and I think that this is actually something really deep in the Lord's heart that really matters. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can stop there. I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? I don't think so. I mean, that's... So, to, in sum, yeah, maybe yeah. we can sum it up. According to the Bible, the church is universal... It's the spiritual entity. You can say it's in the heavens in Christ, but it's uh, no, it's universal expanse time. Right. But it is expressed in various localities, various cities where there is, and and in those localities you have the expression of the universal church there, and that was their name, even though it's not really a name, it's a description. It's like the church in that city, the mm-hmm. universal church in that city. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Viewing the moon from Dallas or viewing the moon from Hong Kong. Like, yeah, right. Got this it's analogy. The same moon. Yeah, got this analogy from Witness Lee. He talks about this. Like, the, uh, it's the same moon whether you're in Dallas or whether you're in China or in Japan or whatever, but you're just in a different place and, and it's, it's according to where you are. In the same way, the church is universal, but it's expressed in various localities, yep. has one eldership in each locality. They didn't divide based on teaching or practice or even how how pure the church was. Right. They just were the church. So yeah, that's that's what the Bible says at least about this. How you how God's gonna work it out. Well, yeah. We'll see. We just encourage you too, just to find these things for yourself. What what was the more noble people? They search the scriptures daily to see if these things were true. Uh Acts, yeah. The I, I think it was the um, Acts Alexandrians. Maybe the Alexandrians? Maybe. Anyways. They were more noble than the Thessalonians, right? Yeah, because they searched the scriptures daily oh, to gosh. see if these things were true. Where is that? Well, um. either way, that was, I was just kind of pulling that out of my little back pocket there. But <laughs> Okay, here I got it. <laughs> the, the, the brothers in Berea. Oh, Berea. Right. These people were more noble than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Yeah. So, yeah. Just check with your spirit. Right. And the word as a guide and, and an outline yeah. for your spirit. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah, take but, this fellowship to the Lord and see what he would do. Mm-hmm. I think our hope mainly is there's a wonderful experience of Christ in the church and when you meet with believers hmm. and when you do it in a, such a way that is according to the Bible and not in a way that is based on your preference yeah, yeah. then you, you really start to grow right it's where the real iron sharpening iron can happen right That's there's right. no back door to the church anymore mm-hmm. to leave and go shopping for another right okay well hey what, what are we going to talk about next time Will Well, oh, you got something. I was thinking when we were talking. Okay. What is it? I don't want to lock us in anywhere. Well, no. I, okay, I was thinking about the, I was thinking about gifts. The gifts? Gifts. Oh man, I was kind of thinking about gifts too. Really? Why don't we do gifts? Okay, cool. Let's do gifts. Okay. Yeah. Um, invite all your charismatic and Pentecostal friends to the next one. Ooh. It's going to be exciting. Ooh. Okay. You want to tell them where they can donate? <laughs>